0: Let's talk about trans rights. Yes, bitch. That's right. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Rachel Profiling. I have a very, very exciting episode for you today because I have my roommate, my homie, my... (laughs) Uh, This is Levi Cooper. Hi. He is my roommate, and we've been friends for, like, what, two years, which is really crazy. Yeah. It's literally madness, Literally madness. Uh, Levi came back. Levi came home from the war about... Like, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, so Yeah, like so it's great to have someone, uh, instead of me yelling at a camera or my podcast, <laughs> I can yell at you instead. Uh, we can have existential crises together. Yeah. So, yeah, do you want to give yourself a little intro? Yeah. Um. Hi, my name is Levi, as Rachel said. Um, I use male pronouns he, him, his. Yes, sir. Um, I'm trans. I go to Berkeley. Um, I'm from the Cape. I'm a masshole I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. What I love about Levi and I's relationship is that like we're both so different, but we're very similar. In, like, in yeah. like more like I don't know if it's right. We're like interpersonal ways, yeah, Just like our personality, totally. but the, like in like our style and yeah. like our background are very different. Like you're a, you're a drummer. I am. Which yeah. means that both of us go to Berkeley for music school things. I'm a yeah. vocalist, and we both very much embody the stereotype of our instrument, I feel like. We definitely do. And if you look at our apartment, okay, not to, like, <laughs> suck my own dick, but, like, our apartment looks so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, but you can very much tell, like, the two different sides because his, like, blue and, like, neutral tones and mine is, like, pink and, and like, cottage core and city girl, earthy, like... <laughs> But yeah, um, <clears> having <throat> Levi is great. <laughs> Happy, like, yes. welcome, welcome to my home. <laughs> I love having you here. Uh, we're going to talk about being transgender today because yes. I think it'd be a really important episode to share with everybody because I feel like not a lot of people, well, I guess personally, I didn't know anyone in high school mm-hmm. who was trans and even then, so like, I didn't know a lot about it. And I feel like people don't yes. talk about it. It's not like a common, uh, like, topic that we talk about like in social media and everything maybe more so now recently we're talking about more issues and uh how important it is for everyone to have rights that everyone should just you know inherently have equal rights yeah (laughs) it's funny you say that because actually 80 percent of the population in the u.s say and claim that they've never met a trans person and they don't know a trans person yeah which i feel like that makes sense yeah i guess because it's not really talked about um in a lot of different ways especially through the Oh, for sure, for sure, and we can even go into like, did, have you watched Disclosure yet? Yep. I haven't I watched, watched that. it yet, but it it's this documentary on Netflix about is it, is it about like actors pretending to be? I know that's part of it, like Eddie Redmayne yeah, pretending to be transgender and how that can be kind of detrimental. Yeah, it's pretty much about like the representation or honestly lack thereof of trans people in media, um, and honestly how trans people are portrayed in media because oftentimes we're portrayed in very negative lights as like crazy people or like freaks and like all of this stuff um so yeah it's definitely a really good um show to watch a little documentary to watch so yeah okay well let's hop right into it let's take it back back a little bit I'll give you a little preface on Levi and I's relationship uh is it proper for like okay for me to say like I knew you before you transitioned yeah totally yeah so you and I met in uh, like we met at Five Week, which is this. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, I could get into Berkeley, but I won't right now. Um, but <laughs> I allude to that so much. Uh, we met at Five Week, which is a summer program at Berkeley, and we became friends there. And then we just kept. The thing is, we didn't hang out at Five we Week. Literally, like we hung out like hung out the last like three days. Yeah, and then but I always thought <laughs> it was so shit. Funny. But we had like our circles kind of ran together. Yeah, because we lived like on, on the, the same, same floor. floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we ended up talking a lot, uh, like, on Snapchat afterwards, because I think we, like, realized that we have, like, the same humor. Yeah. Yeah. We are like, same wait a Yeah. Yeah, and then I asked Levi, <laughs> I was like, do you want to be my roommate? <laughs> I was like, fuck, yes. Yeah. I wait, can I swear? Me. Yeah, I've okay. sweared, like, twice already. Okay. <laughs> I love when everyone asks that, because it's called Rachel Profiling. So, I feel yeah. like I... My podcast is in, like, the weird limbo of being, like, very serious, but, like, where we talk about real issues, but then I'm also like, fuck the ops. like, (laughs) and then I'm like, let's talk about YouTube drama. Yeah. (laughs) So it really goes every which way. I feel like I love being a roommate because I feel like we've learned a lot from each other. Totally. Especially with everything in the state of the world. Yeah, Um, definitely. Because we both kind of... You know, everyone comes from different discourse communities, but mm-hmm. I can speak on POC issues and he can speak on what's like being transgender and everything. Yeah, we've learned a lot from each other because yeah. I've gone to see you through your whole process, like before you came out and everything, yeah. so that to- And you get to see me transition. Oh, that's, like, yeah, I literally. literally see you transition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I remember when, let's talk about, can I ask you about how it was for you when you came out? Because I remember yeah. you came out to me right before we moved in. Yeah, and uh, I was fucking nervous because, like... you didn't like, want to change your name yet, and then you yeah. remember talking about, um like, when you were sending out the letter to your parents, so if you want to mm-hmm. talk about that. Yeah. yeah, so basically what, like, my whole coming out process was, um, I, first of all, I kind of think of it as, as in three stages, so I, I kind of, I came out to myself, which I think, honestly, like, that, like, you hear that all the time, but it's honestly, like the hardest thing I think I've ever done in my entire life because I think coming to terms with something that I've kind of been afraid of for so long my whole life because I never truly understood it myself was really hard to come to terms with and I Mm -hmm. think I definitely had like a little bit of internalized transphobia um and I'm like my worst self-critic and I'm so hard on myself so I never validated myself so I never saw other people validating myself so that was very hard but um once I kind of grasped that I basically just wrote everything that I could think of in terms of, like, being trans and everything that was on my mind um, in this, like, five-page letter. And I remember just, like, typing it and then... Um, was I, it in MLA format? Honestly, <laughs> that shit was not double-spaced.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but, yeah, I just wanted to fit everything into a letter. And the reason I did a letter is because I knew if I tried to, like, say stuff... I wouldn't get it out.
1: You know? Yeah. Sometimes um, it's
0: easier to just type it out or write yeah. it out. And I feel like um, the letter kind of gave people more of a perspective into a deeper meaning of what I actually go through being trans and, like, just a little bit of a perspective. Because, um, like, my whole thing is, is, like, I can't put people in my shoes. Like, not everybody's a size 8. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't make you walk a mile. But honestly, I think at the end of the day, like, if you can just, like, look through my lens and try to understand... I'm coming from that's a lot better than just trying to make you walk a mile um so anyway um so I went upstairs to print this letter out and I printed it out and my mom was upstairs and I just sat there for 30 minutes probably maybe like 45 before I actually gave it to her because in that moment I knew everything was going to change after that because and like uh, in different ways like obviously there are some there were some bad aspects or negative Aspects rather, and but obviously the good has outweighed that, um, fortunately. Um, and then I walked upstairs and I just gave it to my mom and I was like, "I need you to read this." And I sat with her and she read it and she cried and I cried. Stacy. Stacy, shout out, Stacy. Yeah, I know you're listening. Love you, Stacy. <laughs> Love you, Stacey. Um, Yeah, and it was it was, you know, um, it was good. Um, it definitely a process because I think coming from a parent, it is a hard thing to go through having a trans kid. Um, I can't really speak on that, just because obviously I'm not a parent. But, like, it's a hard thing to go through, and I've seen that with my parents. Um, And then she shared it with my dad, and we had a conversation about it. And I think that both of my parents have had their own relationship with my coming out and their own kind of pace, and they have their own way of learning things, um, which is totally valid. Um, And I think they've definitely come... really far away from where they were a year ago. So, So when was was this during the fall? So, I came out to my parents in July. Oh. And then I came out to you and, like, some close friends in August, like, right before we, like, went to college. And then I came out publicly on my Instagram in, like, November, and then publicly on my Facebook in January. And it's interesting because I have a very different following on Instagram than I do on Facebook, because on Facebook, it's a lot of, like, Family friends and like adults, and like you know, um, and I think I was really nervous just because I didn't know what people would say. Um, and then Instagram, um, I mean, both of them went like um, incredible. Pretty like, well. they were yeah. really good, supportive. Yeah, um, it was definitely interesting to see like the people who didn't really say anything and just kind of stayed quiet about it. And I, you know, that's gonna happen, and yeah. that's totally fine. Or if they would like, they didn't keep that same energy in person, like they would dead name you. We could yeah. talk about that, talk yeah. about like. If you, you need to, if someone comes out to you and you're supportive online, you yeah. should keep that same energy in person. You should also, even if they're not around, treat yeah, them totally. with the correct pronouns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it, it defeats the purpose. You know, like, if you call me Levi, but you use female pronouns, that's... Contradictory. It's contradictory. Um, it doesn't do anything. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, coming out was... It was a pretty good process I would say I'm very blessed to have extremely supportive people in my life um like you and like all of my friends from home and you know um Berkeley's a pretty progressive yeah Berkeley is very progressive Um, they're very big about like in our classes they'll be like okay introduce yourself uh your pronouns and like your favorite animal (laughs) yeah totally which is honestly really Nice, because I think normalizing that is, you know, a really good thing. Like, sure. even, like, the other day i my your training class, my, your training teacher, totally by accident, misgendered me. Um, but she emailed me about it, and she was like, hey, like, I think it'd be really cool, you know, if you put your pronouns in your name. Like, I did that with mine today. I don't know if you saw. And then she just talked about, like, um, normalizing that in the classroom and stuff like that. And that was really nice to hear, because I think um, we need more of that. Yeah. So. Let's talk about the correct way to address a you mispronounce pronoun someone yes so personally i i mean i can't speak for everybody every trans person obviously um but for me personally i think it's good to, to just kind of like correct yourself and move forward and mm-hmm. then like maybe say something afterwards yeah. like, in like private. don't make a whole ordeal about it yeah because like i think like when people are constantly apologizing for it that kind of makes it worse in a way because like like it happens like i understand because right now I'm in the very early stages of transitioning, but even before then, like, I wasn't on T or haven't, like, gotten any surgeries, so obviously, like, as hard as I try to present and come off as, like, masculine, obviously there are different things that are perceived as feminine, because that's just the way that society, society has kind of affected us, um, so yeah, for me personally, like, just, like, correct yourself and move on, that's yeah. really it. Because, like, I'm not the kind of person to get, like, super upset about it. Um, just because, like, I mean, if it's on purpose, that's a different story. Yeah, that's a whole different <laughs> but, <laughs> situation. Yeah, but if it's on accident, I totally understand that. You know, mm-hmm. things happen, and, um, you know, I think that people are learning these days, which is a lot better than, you know, where things have been. So. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you how you felt after coming out? Like, was it immediate, Like, grat- mm-hmm. like, I don't know if this is, like, the right word, but, like, gratification, where you're, like, oh, like, I feel, I don't know, maybe, like, just so much more like myself, or was it, like, an overtime situation? I think, um, I think after I really accepted it within myself, that was kind of, like, probably 90% of the validation that I needed, because at the end of the day, like, if you can't see yourself for who you are and love, like, who you are, like, truly, at the end of the day, like literally, like, nobody else can, you know, like, people say that, but, um, honestly, yeah, like, after I came out publicly, and even just to my parents, like, I just felt so much relief, and just release of all this, like, energy that has been building up for my entire life, because I've spent so much, like, literally my entire life just being unhappy, and trying to find, you know, these things that I identify with, but it, it never really, you know, feeling right, like, I came out as gay when I was 14, but I never identified with being a lesbian because I never felt like a woman who likes women like that. I hated that. I hated being called that. I hated calling myself that. I never felt right, and I couldn't really figure out why. Um, yeah, I remember even when we first met, and mm-hmm. you still had your dead name, and you 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 know you had like you had shortened it, and yeah. you would say like I remember there was a day at five week where you were like don't call me like you were like don't call me my full name. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that everybody was a huge in high school too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. And I think, like, growing up, obviously, I, I always knew, like, something was up. Like, I always knew it was there. Um, but I just never had, like, the right vocabulary and way to kind of verbalize it. Also because I pushed a lot of it down. And mm-hmm. I, I bottled a lot of it up because I was afraid of it. And I think that oftentimes people struggle with coming out because they're afraid of the unknown. And I, all, I also think that's why people often are ignorant and lash out with anger towards people because they're afraid you know, like I, I see you know people who are transphobic and I just see people who are afraid, you know, because they don't know what being trans is actually like. They don't know the process of everything and stuff like that. So anyway, um, yeah. yeah, coming out was, it was definitely a huge relief, especially being at Berkeley because, and I wish I did it sooner, honestly, um, because it, it just felt so true. You know, it just felt yeah. like it just, everything clicked, you know? Oh, I love that. That's so yeah. tender. Yeah. Well, talking about the process, let's talk about the process of you transitioning and everything. Yeah. Uh, because <clears throat> I remember you mentioning it to me because you, I didn't realize, okay, this is what I was talking about earlier when I was like, I feel like we have learned so much from each other because mm-hmm. I didn't know how much of a process it was to be transgender mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the medical stuff and yeah. like how you have to have uh <clears throat> you have to be, you have to have, like, a therapy appointment beforehand mm-hmm. and everything, and yeah. I remember you telling me you have to do, like, a certain amount of steps, and then if this was, like, what was it? It might have been, like, November, December, and you were like, yeah, I'm getting my first doctor's appointment in January, yeah. and I was like, wow, that is so far away. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think it's funny because so many people are, like, I feel like so many people have this misconception that... Being trans is a choice, and I I do see where they're coming from because that has a lot to do with how the media decides to portray portray trans people. Because you <clears throat> you'll see this stuff about people who detransition or people who say they're trans but they don't you know, they don't quote unquote look trans or whatever. Um, and then you have Trisha Paytas, kind of her fucks everything up. Oh for everybody. my god! Um, I oh yikes! That's another conversation. Um... A DID trans chicken nugget. Uh, But we'll we'll move forward from that. Um, Yeah, so I I think the biggest misconception is that being trans is a choice. And, like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't wish being trans on literally my worst enemy. Like, having gender dysphoria is, I would say, one of the main characteristics of, quote-unquote, what makes someone trans. Um, Which is, gender dysphoria is basically, like, a psychological thing where it's, like, basically the feeling of being born in the wrong body um and that's the psychological fact into being trans pretty much um but it's important to recognize that everybody experiences it in different ways um like my dysphoria is different from the next trans guy's dysphoria like it's experienced in different ways for everybody um but yeah so basically how i kind of went about transitioning medically well even before that um transitioning socially is a huge thing oh yeah which is why I kind of posted the whole letter thing and came up to my parents and my friends first before I really did that so I could kind of socially transition with being Levi and you know using male pronouns and and that was during school so that was like right when we had began we're freshmen at Berkeley so that's like when we right had begun school yeah Uh, so Mm -hmm. I remember you and I having conversations about like situations where people wouldn't They they didn't keep that same energy, you know, they they, would say different things to you. Yeah, totally. Um, And, yeah, the social aspect of transitioning is huge because it's like, you know, you should be able to feel comfortable socially before you can do anything medically, obviously. Um, For me, personally. Um, So I did that, and then, so I came out to my parents in July, right? And then my 18th birthday was that following August. So I waited until after my 18th birthday to call any sort of like hospital or program, um, one to kind of just let my parents sit with it and Mm -hmm. just kind of grasp everything, but also so I could take the steps that I needed to move forward with transitioning as a legal adult. Um, But also because being 18 and a legal adult, it is a little bit easier to make the decisions that I want to in terms of transitioning. Like, I know people who have done the same program that I did when they were 16, and it took them, like, two years to get T because their parents wouldn't sign for them. So there's a lot of different things that play into it. Um, But for me personally, I called up my doctor after I turned 18. I was like, hey, um, I'm trans. Uh, (laughs) Give me that boy juice. (laughs) And she was like, okay, awesome. Um, Call the GEMS program at Boston Children's Hospital. Um, And before I heard about GEMS, I was looking into this program at Boston Medical Center called The Catch Program, because my mom works at Boston Medical Center, um, and I just thought it would be easier. Uh, But then I called them, and they said that their wait time was like a year. So I was like, oh, I'm going to call you all back. (laughs) And then I called GEMS, and they said um, we could book you an appointment in January, which is still a pretty long time. Like, the first semester of college, like, that was really rough for me, because it, it just felt like I was waiting for this one thing yeah the entire time um, obviously it was great in other ways but just that whole waiting thing was really a lot mentally um so basically what happens with GEMS and GEMS is a really great program I I've, I've, I know a couple of people who've done it and it, I've heard great things and I've experienced great things there it's awesome um so basically they scheduled me for a two-hour appointment with a psychologist um, and I met with her um, she's awesome love her Shouts out Carrie, um, and so basically it was just kind of like a get to know you thing, kind of talk about dysphoria, um, you know, how did you know you're trans? When did you know you're trans? Like all those different kinds of stuff, and we talked about like the next steps for transitioning. She had me fill out a lot of paperwork and like questionnaires and stuff like that and surveys, like talking about gender dysphoria. And she took all that information and she actually met with a team of people and they discussed that and it's like it's kind of I'm pretty sure it's like um, a couple of psychologists, doctors, and a lawyer um, because they have all of those people at GEMS in order for people to transition. So then a month after that um, I had an hour appointment with um, my psychologist again just to kind of recap everything and she gave all of my info to my doctor who I met with directly after that for an hour with my doctor, shouts out Jeremy, we just kind of talked about, like, every single aspect of transitioning, like, all the effects of testosterone, which I pretty much, like, knew already going in, but there were a couple things I didn't really know, but um, she really went into, like, very deep depth on the effects of it, and we talked about different surgeries, and you can, like, preserve your eggs if I wanted to have biological kids, which, Stacey, don't get too excited about that. (laughs) Um, And we just talked about, like, all of the medical side, the medical sides of transitioning. Um, and then I had to get blood work done. Ooh, <laughs> yikes. Which is really funny because- That was pretty recent, right? Yeah, that was that was in February. So I had my first appointment in January and I had this appointment in February. Um, and mind you, um, for most people and most programs, at least to my knowledge, you have to go through three to six months of gender therapy before you can even start hormones. And, wow. then, and then it's another couple of months of gender therapy to get top surgery. Can I ask what you do in gender therapy? Yeah, so basically um, the kind of like therapy that I did at my program at GEMS was basically like you just talk. It's basically like a psychological diagnosis of gender dysphoria. Um, and so basically my psychologist at GEMS wrote me like she has um, a letter that she wrote saying, Levi has gender dysphoria, Levi would like to do hormones, Levi would like top surgery. And GEMS requires, well, strongly encourages, but basically requires a second letter saying, you know, like a second diagnosis by another gender therapist, um, which is something I'm looking into now. Um, so, yeah, basically it's just like therapy, but talking about like being trans pretty mm-hmm. much um, and kind of that whole like diagnosis sort of thing. Um so yeah, so after I met with my doctor that time, I had to get my blood work done because they need to know um my blood work for um like what dose to give me for testosterone. But it's really funny because I hate getting blood work done. So I'm literally so nervous because I didn't know that I was gonna have to get blood work done. And um I'm like holding back tears literally because I would hate it so much. And I'm 18. I'm with my mom, and we go upstairs in this children's hospital. Oh. And the girl who's like taking my blood, she's so nice. She was like, "Hey, like you should lay down on this chair, like just relax. It's gonna be okay." And she's like taking my blood, and I'm like looking around and I'm noticing like the Hello Kitty stickers and like, like the, the, the jungle theme. car stickers. Did you get a sticker afterwards? I did not, but yeah. that's okay. Stacy so have out brought to a lunch. lunch for me. <laughs> I would have taken it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so blood work is a is going to be a familiar thing to me because they have to check the dose level. Um, yeah, now you got your months. boy juice. I got it's, my boy this juice. Is your second week on boy juice, right? This is one week on boy juice. Okay. Yeah, it's my second shot, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah, boy um, juice, we're talking about T. Testosterone, testosterone. It's yeah. basically like, it's just the male hormone that you take. Basically, what's going to happen is I'm going to go through a male puberty at 18. Did you ever figure out where it goes? Because you were talking about that the other night. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like, it just sits in your leg? It yeah, It's just moving so around? Basically, like, tea is a it's a subcutaneous injection, which means it goes under the skin. Um, and you just inject it, and then I think it, it has a way where um, the oxygen lets it into, like, the pores of, like, your bloodstream or something like that, and then it goes into, like, I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but... As long as I can grow a mustache, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have that. Get that, get that new style. Yeah, get the stunts in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I was actually supposed to start tea in March, but I couldn't because Miss Rona decided to be transphobic. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that was really hard on me mentally, but mm-hmm. we're here now, so. Yeah, yeah. Now we're big adults. <laughs> now we're big Living adulting. in the city in yes. our apartment. Uh, can I ask you how you got your name, how you chose your name? Yes. Because I think I remember you, were you, was I with you when you were still going through I remember you showed me your list. So. Yeah, I have a list. Let me pull it up on my phone because some of the, some of the names on here are kind of interesting. Um, I had Jackson, which I actually kind of liked. Um. Too had, many boys are Adrian Jackson. Yeah, that's true. Um, Leo, Lawrence, which is hilarious. <laughs> About, would you go fully by Lawrence? Probably hey, Larry. Like Larry or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine, Larry? I was a fucking Larry. I'd be like, Hey, Larry, can you pick up some towels oh. on the way home? <laughs> it's so funny because I remember um, when I was younger, I asked my parents what they would name me if I was like born a boy, and they said Matthew. Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah, hey, Maddie. It's Maddie. Matt. <laughs> Um, we have Logan, which is kind of cute, Hadley, Dakota, Eli, Lennox, and then I was really stuck on Finley for a while. That sounds sick. That sounds yeah, sick. Yeah, and I really liked it because I wanted to kind of keep, like, the Irish part, but, e. like, my middle name is Ireland, so. But anyway, um, if so you I- had the chest to change <laughs> your fate. would ya? Would ya? Um, but I chose, I chose Levi because- And people pronounce it Levy. <laughs> I swear to God, I always say, Levi like the jeans, not the embankment to prevent the overflow of a river, (laughs) some of y'all don't know that, um, but, yeah, I don't know, like, with choosing a name, honestly, like, I just kept searching for names, like, all the time, and Levi just fit, like, it just clicked, you know, like, it just felt right, um, yeah. It's your name. Yeah, it's my name, you know? And not to suck my own dick, but it's kind of a sick-ass name. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it really fits. I can't see you as, like, a Jackson. Yeah. Or uh, a Larry. (laughs) Yeah, no, fuck that. Levi. Levi time. Hell yeah. But, yeah, that's... I don't know, it just kind of clicked. Something we talk about a lot is, I'm like, what if I was transphobic? Oh, my God. (laughs) Obviously, I'm not. um, Yeah, no. But in the case where, like before we, like, we signed the lease before Levi comes out to me, and then he's like, I'm trans. And I'm like, I don't know about all that. Yeah, you were like, that'd be, you got to go. Very bad. I can't imagine. I've heard, we've heard many roommate horror stories, which is, like, a whole yeah. other thing we could do an episode on. Because yeah. <laughs> we just have so much we can talk about. Yeah, honestly. But keeping it on the same page, uh, let's talk about, everyone's doing these cutesy infographics on the Gram lately, which mm-hmm. are awesome, and one that you and I both shared today was what not to say to trans people. Yes. And I want to ask you about, like, some experiences you've had mm-hmm. because you've told me about, I mean, you work at L.L. Bean. I and, do. you know, some of these Karens be coming in. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling a little bold that day. Yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I've been pretty lucky in terms of I haven't ex- – I mean, I've experienced transphobia, obviously, but I, I'm very lucky, knock on wood, um, <laughs> that I'm not going to – I haven't been, like, beaten or anything. Um, it's just kind of things that people say that are very inappropriate. Um, <clears throat> but one time I was at work, and this lady comes in, and she has, like, seven fucking things she needs to return. I'm like, okay, don't worry about it. It's all good. And she's like, I'm gonna go try some stuff Is that cool? I'm like, yeah, no worries. And she was in here for probably, like, an hour and a half. So, she finally gets all of her stuff, she comes to the register, we take care of the returns, we do, like, all, the whole process. Literally, like, she takes a step to leave, and then she turns back around, and she looks at me, and she goes, is Levi your real name? Ugh. And in that moment, nobody's ever asked me that before, so I froze up. It's a shock. It's yeah. a shock when people are just, like, mean. Ignorant. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I froze up because I didn't, I didn't know what the fuck to say, like, what? Um, and- Obviously, looking back, and now that I'm glad that I know this, I would have been like, oh, well, actually, it's my preferred name. I'm transgender. This is what that means and all this stuff. Um, but <clears throat> I was just like, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> she was like, oh, okay, that's just a weird name for a girl. Ugh. And then I just, I was like, uh-huh, and I walked away. I just, like, it was, honestly, like, it just, at that point, like, yeah, obviously what she said was wicked fucked up, but... It, it goes beyond that because the fact that she's so bothered to say something about it yeah. and, like, really press me about it, you mm-hmm. know? <clears throat> um, and it's funny because, like, if I'm on, like, the phone with a customer and they, like, like, I had this guy, like, he wanted these, like, dress shirts and I was, like, getting all this stuff for him and it was this whole process and he was like, oh, what's your name? And I was like, Levi. And, like, obviously over the phone I don't sound like a guy. So he's like, oh, that's interesting. And it's interesting to see the way, like, people kind of, at me differently the second my boss is like oh he can take you at the register or oh Levi can take you at the register people are kind of people kind of shy away from that which is you know that's on them um exactly <clears throat> but it's interesting to see like how people kind of react to it you know yeah something I never understood is like I guess maybe for me it's I don't want to use the word normalized mm-hmm. because I feel like that sounds like really wrong, but it's like, we live together, you and I talk about these things, Mm -hmm. I've learned so much from you, and for other people, they just haven't, which is a whole situation where it's like, should it be your job to educate them? Yeah, should that fall on you? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is something I talk a lot about when it comes to like POC issues. When it's like, yeah. should it be our job as minorities to educate people on it who just haven't grown up around it <laughs> when they are full grown adult, adults when they can take action to educate themselves? Totally. because um, I feel like, uh, which it's a whole different case when it comes to like people who just you know are nice about it and who are not. And um, what I'm trying to say is, like, I just don't understand why people why they're so bothered by it. Why mm-hmm. they have to be mean. Like, what do you, there is no social, you know, beneficial, like, gain for yeah. you to be a mean person, mm-hmm. to be derogatory towards everyone. Yeah. And I think a lot of that stems from kind of, like, what I was talking about earlier about how people are really afraid of what they don't know. Yeah. And I think that's, and I've read articles because sci- there's, like, there's a whole, like, slew of articles, if you just Google it, um, about, like, science, the science behind why people are ignorant, and it's because they're afraid. Like, they're genuine, it's, like, out of genuine fear. Isn't there, what well, you and I were talking about the other week, it's called, like, gay panic defense? The gay panic defense, yep, that is and allowed in, yeah. I'm pretty sure, all 50 states. Like, where you can't get arrested for it or something nope. of that sort? if you, basically, there's a case, there's a case that happened, I believe, in the 1980s, maybe, but Matthew Shepard, who was a gay man who was killed, um, the, um, <clears throat> murderers in court use the gay panic defense as their defense, which basically means that anybody can, can abuse verbally, sexually, or physically, um, or kill any person who's LGBT out of quote unquote fear and panic. That's why it's called the gay panic defense. Um, and it's, I'm pretty sure it's legal in all 50 states, I think. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like a whole thing about fear and it's just, it's just, People are so, and I think a lot of it comes from, like, for example, in terms of, like, LGBT issues, I feel like cis people, cisgender, meaning you um, identify with your assigned gender at birth, um, like, cisgender people and people who are heterosexual are so, quote-unquote, normal that when they don't really see something that's normal, they're like, what the fuck, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, like, like, coming from your perspective, like, I'm not trying to, like, speak for you, but, I, like, I'm yeah. saying, like, like, me as a white person, like, I will never understand what it's like to be Asian or black, you know? And honestly, like, that's why, like, I'm a huge advocate for, like, Black Lives Matter and, like,
1: you yeah, know, all we're allies in stuff, this house. We're allies in this Something house. i like we
0: ask every dog who comes in, who I dog <laughs> sit, we have to ask them, are they an ally? Yes, exactly. Um, because, like, even going beyond just, like, ignorance and fear, like, for me being trans is more than just being a guy, you Mm -hmm. know, because, like, obviously, like, there's gonna come a day where I'm gonna pass as, like, a straight, cis, hopefully cis, white guy, you know what I mean? And that's so much privilege on my shoulders, and I'm never gonna, I never want to just, like, sit there and just, like, not use that for good, you know, because, like, a lot of, well, literally all of the LGBTQ plus rights have come from black trans women, and all of this stuff, um, anyway. Yeah, shouts out, shouts (laughs) out. (laughs) Oh, Shout out Marsha P. Johnson, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think unfortunately with the society that we kind of go through today and live through, is a lot of people act out with anger because they're afraid and because they don't know and they don't understand it. You mm-hmm. know, like they don't understand what it's like to be Asian. They don't understand what it's like to be trans. You know. Yeah, going back to the word normal, quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. That's something I've been thinking about a lot lately because I took a class this. Year on disability, yeah, and so I think what I was trying to say is like, to you and me, like this is like quote unquote normal because it's just our lives, yeah, you know, and that's something my teacher taught me is like, when you say normal, that might not, it, it can be you know like say like you're saying like a uh, able-bodied person is totally. normal and someone who's disabled is not normal, but to them, to the people who are disabled, that's their life, so that is normal for them. Right. Everybody has their own. So way. I feel like I just feel like there are a lot of people who haven't come in contact with someone who is transgender, so they just mm-hmm. don't know, or it's, like, they haven't been around. Yeah, they're, they're not exposed to it, and I think part of that comes from many different um, areas, like, the media, but also, and, and I'm not trying to come at anybody, obviously, but, like, there are trans people who just want to transition and just live their lives, which, honestly, I give them credit for, because... They just wanna be normal and they just wanna live their life and they just wanna, you know, you mean like not talk that. about being trans? Yeah, they just like you know, um, which is totally fine, like a that's totally valid. Um but like for me personally, I think that being being trans, I feel like I have not only like the ability to and the power to, but also like sort of like a duty, so to say. I mean I don't have to, but like just to educate people you know like you mm-hmm. said like it's not my job it's not your job to educate yeah. me on like what it's like being Asian but still we can speak on it but and still, advocate and because yeah. it's like we're not only supporting ourselves not only uh educating others about ourselves but we can benefit a community in whole totally yeah yeah and I've, go ahead I know you're good um like when I first started working at LLB we had um this lady who is um just covering some shifts And I remember she, like, asked me, like, oh, hey, Levi, like, what are your pronouns and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, like, I use male pronouns, like, thank you so much for asking. We had this really great conversation. And she was the first person to ever say to me, like, you know, like, I'm glad you're you're open and you can feel like you can talk about it, but it's not your job to educate people. And that was the first time I was like, oh, shit, like, you're right. Like, I don't have to talk about it you know that's why i'm always like asking this question where it's like this weird limbo like should it be my job like does it follow me um i feel like it's important that we talk about you know things like things that we represent Mm -hmm. and that need to be advocated for but to Mm -hmm. the same degree that's why it's so important that there are allies that we are you and i are obviously big allies for each other totally and we're always learning from one another so in conclusion y'all be an ally because you know what (laughs) I don't know what y'all don't understand, not y'all listening, but, like, what other people don't understand is that yeah. diversity helps. Mm-hmm. There's, you can never lose from diversity. You can't. And I think that, like, like, for me being trans is more than just being a guy, because I realize, like, being in a community, like, the trans community where black trans women die and get murdered higher than any, at higher at a higher rate than any of anyone else isn't the life expectancy like 35 35 years yeah and i see a lot of um like even on social media like i follow this one trans guy on like tiktok or something like that and he made this video about how um a young trans kid commented and was like oh i'm so happy to see a trans guy over 30 you know because it's like the life expectancy of like a trans person is not long. Because, you know, 25 to 30% of trans people report attempted suicide, but then think about, you know, the 12% that report multiple different kinds of harassment, um, and then the harassment that they get in bathrooms and, you know, the 8% that report UTI or kidney infections from holding in everything in their system because they don't want to go to the bathroom or develop eating disorders from not eating because they don't want to, you know, go to the bathroom. And it's all this, like, all this stuff. Um, but anyway. Getting back to the point, (laughs) sorry. No, don't apologize. I love all of that. I Um, love that you can speak on all of that. Yeah, and, like, for me personally, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I have so much privilege already. Like, I have privilege. Like, I'm white. I grew up on Cape Cod. I went to four years of, like, private school. You know, like, I'm, I'm very privileged, and I'm grateful to, you know, have that. But at the same time, I refuse to just, like just exist you know what I mean yeah to be complacent yeah I don't want to be complacent because you know there's 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 too much to being trans than just like Mm -hmm. being trans you know because I feel like because like my whole thing is like I know what it's like to have good allies and I would want to be that for for you Mm -hmm. as someone who's Asian for Black Lives Matter for women for indigenous people for like everything you know what I mean um, I think the best gift you can give a friend you can give anyone is to be supportive totally, and I've lived by that for a long time totally exactly. and it never it never hurts no it doesn't like it's it's it helps so much more than you know anyone could know you know cuz it's like okay like you know even if you don't know the person that well it's like how can I support you mm-hmm. that does like so much you know it can change someone's day truly yeah like just little things yeah we do, be, we do be going off. Sorry. I, I have Speaking a, speakings right now. <laughs> I have a really bad tendency to ramble. No, it's a podcast. That's what I love about podcasts. Never apologize because that's what I love about podcasts and why I like talking about, you know, bigger issues because it's long form content. Yeah. So people will be more prone to listen to it. Totally. It's great. And I feel like going into this, I'm so happy that you are like wanting to come on and talk about these things. I really think you can help someone. Yeah. I feel like Mm -hmm. there may be some younger kids who don't know or, like, how they feel about themselves yet or just other people who, you know, like, they they haven't gone through the whole process as you have yet. So I think it will really help a lot of people. Yeah, and I think I get a little... I'm not going to lie. I do get very frustrated with the trans community sometimes because I do hear a lot of trans people saying... Obviously not everybody, but I've heard quite a few. um, I've heard people be like, oh, cis people have no fucking place in trans conversations. But in actuality, a transphobic person is more likely to listen to an educated cis person than, like, an actual trans person. Yeah. Because, again, it's kind of like the whole thing of, like, they don't know, so they're afraid. Um. But also just, like, I feel like if you don't talk about it, you're not solving anything. Like, how are you going to... Exactly. You're brushing it under the rug. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, how are you going to make steps forward? And that's why I always try to be so open about it because if like again like I said not everybody can walk a mile in my shoes not everybody's a size eight but if you can just look through the lens and just kind of understand where I'm coming from that's so that's such a huge step to move forward than just like not talking about it Mm -hmm. you know because like I can't make people understand dysphoria I can't I can't make people understand you know the fear and anxiety about like going out in public or like using the bathroom or like whatever um, but I can talk about my experience, and I can talk about the process of transitioning, and the science behind being trans, and, you know, all this, all this other stuff that, like, even you said, like, you didn't even know about. Yeah, know? that's why I feel like it's so important we have these conversations and educate ourselves. Totally. Uh, because I feel like a lot of people just don't know, mm-hmm. and Especially think, with trans mm-hmm. issues. I, yeah, I feel like I never see anyone talking about it. Yeah. There's you know, there's limited representation in the media, really? which is a whole thing in itself, but it's like, to see someone who looks like you, to see someone who's been through the same things you have, is so monumental, it's, it's so beneficial to young people mm-hmm. and their development and how yeah. they view themselves, how they view themselves is a big thing, because if it's not quote-unquote normal uh, in the media and what we see traditionally every day, then it's like, it can make you feel very inferior. Yeah, and that's why I think I have really struggled with, coming out and like coming out to myself and that's why I think I had a lot of internalized transphobia and also I think internalized transphobia did kind of come from toxic masculinity kind of growing up and stuff like that um but totally like in the media like the first trans person I ever heard of was Chaz Bono who I think is Cher's son and I saw him yes yes. yeah and I was like (laughs)
1: <laughs> because I was
0: like, I've never heard of this before, but why, why is something clicking, you know? And yeah. even then, I still couldn't, like, figure out what was going on personally with me. And then Caitlyn Jenner came out, and, and that was it. was, it was good to see, like, more representation. But even then, like, I think about, like, black trans women. And I think about trans men, because trans men in the media are not represented as much as trans women, because Mm -hmm. people fetishize and sexualize trans women, and it's, like, this whole stereotype of being a sex worker and, like, this whole thing. That's a whole other conversation. But, um, so oftentimes trans women are represented a lot more in the media, which is awesome. Like, we need representation, but I think the way that they are represented is not healthy for the trans community, and even for cis people to see, you know, because, like, you see, um, different movies or shows where, you know, it's, it's this guy, like, a trans woman, but he doesn't know that she's trans, and then he finds out, and then he, like, beats the fucking shit out of her, or, like, kills her, you know? Um, but yeah, I watched a show called Pose, it's on Netflix, amazing, incredible, that does, like, a fabulous job, job- of true, like, representation of, like, black trans women and trans women of color and trans men and gay men and the whole, like, ballroom scene in, like, the 80s in New York City. It's a really great show. Um, And Disclosure talks about a lot of the issues within media and trans representation and lack thereof. Um, But, yeah, that was definitely one of, like, the main reasons, I think, that I struggled for a while because I never saw it. You know, and I could mm-hmm. never, and that's why I could never see it myself. Yeah, I can't tell you one time where I've seen a transgender male mm-hmm. in anything I've watched. Yeah. Which is really disheartening. Yeah, and I can't, I can't imagine, like, you, like, you didn't really, like, I mean, what was the Asian representation like, The lack thereof? Uh, like, well, you know up? when there's, like, hoko week in high school, and you, like, dress yeah. up? There's, like, three or four things we all can be, and that's Lilo, Mulan, Boo, and now Mulana. And that's kind of it. Yeah. Oh, and sometimes Dora, if you're like tan and <laughs> so um, yeah, oh Nihao Kailan, but I yeah, talking about like I had I don't wanna make this uh, about me now, but no, I, totally I had about that. internalized racism myself, which I've yeah. talked about on this podcast. So when my mom was like, You should watch Hao Kailan, I was like, Fuck that shit <laughs> I was like, This is that girl. Um yeah, and I, for a really long time, didn't want to appreciate uh, my Asian culture, yeah. and then uh, I could do a whole episode for adopted kids, because uh, yeah. <laughs> when I talked to my mom about it, she had a really hard time understanding uh, on why I found it so important my senior year to learn more about being Asian, to mm-hmm. accept myself uh, being Asian American, mm-hmm. because... Uh, there's a lot, I mean, like I said before, I've said this probably in like two episodes, like, history books are a white man's highlight reel. They really are. And so, there's a lot of history I did not know about being Asian, and I didn't want to learn about, and for a long-ass time, I thought I was white. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we're learning, we're growing together, and, you know, it's okay, because totally. God knew I'd be too powerful if I was a white man. <laughs> uh, so I can vicariously live through you, and Grant, <laughs> yeah. and everyone else. Yeah. I feel like this is a good place to leave off. Do you have anything else you want to touch on we can talk about? Um, honestly, no. I think I'm... I'm Oh, I love this so much. (laughs) I love this episode. I feel like every time I do a new episode with someone, it becomes my new favorite. Yes. Because I think everyone just has something they can speak on. So yeah. I definitely will be having you back because you're my roommate. And anyone listening, like, literally, like, DM me if you have questions. Like, yes. I'm an open book. Like, seriously. At Levi.Cooper, right? At Levi. Cooper with two eyes. Oh. Yeah. That Boston accent. <laughs> Yeah, we should do a whole roomy episode. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Okay, I will link every, you know, show that we have suggested, mm-hmm. and Levi's Instagram, go check him on the gram. Yes. Uh, he's posted lots of good, like, infographics yes. and music stuff, too, and yeah. yeah, we love to see it. Yes. So, thank you so much for joining me on Rachel Thank Profile. you for having me on Rachel Profiling. I'm very happy to have you, <laughs> and I will catch y'all next week with an episode on disability with my good friend Claudia Fabella. If you haven't checked out our Black Lives Matter episodes, please go check that out. I'm so proud of those episodes, and I feel like we've learned a lot. We're just learning and growing. So, yeah, I'll see y'all next week. Ta-ta! Bye!